With the help of Hashem, we are learning Bavakama Daf Kufhei. We left off eight lines from the top of the Amid. The Gemara is referring back to the Mishnah. Chutz Mipachos Shavapruta Vikeren Chulei. The Mishnah taught us if a person swore in order to hold back any sort of monetary obligation, and the oath was a false oath, then the person admits on his own, on her own, their Aveda of swearing falsely to withhold money. So the Torah says that the person has to return the principal. You have to also pay now a fifth. And that was the last sugya we finished yesterday that's considered a monetary obligation. And the person has to bring a karbanasha. To which the Mishnah taught us that the keren has to be returned to the hand of the nigzal, even if the robber has to go after him in Madai. And even if the expense of travel is, exceeds tremendously the amount of the Keren. And without returning the Keren, the person cannot bring the Karbanasha. However, the Chaymish doesn't have to be returned to him in Madai. And even if the person did not yet pay the fifth, the person is allowed to bring the Karbanasha. So the Mishnah pointed out that if the person returned the Keren, or if the victim forgave the Keren, or if the person returned almost all of the Keren, and what is still remaining to be returned is less than a Shavapruta, then you need not go after him in Madai, you can bring your Karban Hashem. So on this says the Gemara, Amar Papa Loishanu, that when there is left, less than a Pruta left of the Keren, you need not go to Madai, Elosh, Ein, that's only if the item that you took is no longer in existence. That which you owe is its monetary value. However, if a person robbed or stole a article, an item, and that item is here, even if what remains of this item now is not even worth a pruta, still, you have to go after the victim, the nigzal tamadai. Why? Because there is a fear that maybe that which is here will later increase in value. It will become more expensive. And therefore, this is the way we learn the Gemara. If I, God forbid, if I'm the robber, and I gave back 99% of what I stole, but a thing that I stole here, now is not worth a pruta. I bring a karbanashim. If later this becomes more valuable, then the karbanashim that I brought is retroactively disqualified. Which is the worst thing. So we brought a carbon that was not allowed to be brought. So that in itself is horrible, on top of the fact that I'll have to bring another karbanashim. So we turn even this, which is now worth less than a pruta. However, there's another version that Rav Papa said the opposite. That Amar Rav Papa, whether what is owed is a monetary obligation, or it's the item that was stolen in itself is no longer in existence, or whether the item itself is here, you don't have to run after the victim if now what you have left is less than a pruta because the way the Rosh explains because even if what I have now will become more expensive later it will not retroactively disqualify the Karbanashim yes, if what I have now will become more than a pruta's worth I will have to go after him to Madai then to return it. But since during the time of the Karban Asham, 
I did not owe a pruta of the Keren. It was only less. So the ashram is going to be a valid carbon. Okay. Now we have to put in our thinking caps. We're going to have a few statements of Rava that share a very deep, common logic. And let's start now with the dinim that we are dealing with with theft. And then we will amplify to other areas in halacha as well. So Amar Rava says Rava. Statement number one. Gazal shalosh If the thief, if the robber stole three bundles. And during the time of the Geneva, the three bundles together were worth three prutas. In other words, each bundle in itself was worth a prut. And then vuhuzlu, and then the bundles became less expensive. For Amduel Shtayim, the three are worth two. So the math that he taught us in Yeshiva will tell you, in other words, each bundle is worth 0.66. And im even if the robber returned two, this is key. So the robber returning two, two together is now worth more than a pruta. So the Ganef fulfilled the mitzvah of Eheshev Esakzela. What the Ganef has now is not worth a pruta. We learned in the Mishnah, not worth an pruta. You don't have to go after the, the Nigzal to Madai. But when you stole it, the one bundle was worth a pruta. Here says Rabbah, You do have to return the third bundle. And Rabbah, to substantiate his Chiddush, says Vitana Tuna. That our Mishnah, our Tana, will back me up. It says in the Mishnah a few days ago that Gazel Chametz, if a person stole Chametz, and the Avar Olav Pesach, and Pesach went over. And now the Chametz we know is prohibited even to have benefit thereof. Nevertheless, the Chiddush was, that was the whole story of Hezek She'en Anikir, non discernible damage, that Oymer Loi, that if the robber still has this Chametz, he can return it and tell the victim, this which is yours, is here. And it's considered returned. And says Rava, time of the Isabeena, he can only return him the Chametz, even though now it has no value. Because it's here in existence. The moment the chametz is no longer here. Even though that which is now not here anyways is not worth anything. Let's add with the words of the Bach. Because the hashtolavmamayna Since while he stole it. During the time of the Geneva, it had value. And the Mishnah teaches us, right in the beginning of Hagoizel Eitzim, that you have to give back value kshas hagzela, so we'll have to give him back whatever the chametz was worth then, even though now the chametz has no value. Hachinami here also. Afal gab pruta. In the three bundles that are now worth two, the bundle that was not yet returned is not worth a pruta. Kiven the mikara havashava pruta. Since when you stole it, it did have a value of a pruta. Boyishaluma, you have to. Return it. Now, before we go on in the Gemara, what will be very helpful is to read the top Toysvahs. And all of the questions that we vaguely know in our minds, oh, what about this, what about that? Toysvahs is going to work out. And then we're going to appreciate better the subsequent inquiry that Rav is going to ask. So says the Toysvahs on top of the Amit. Amar Ravah, Gazal Shalosh Agudais Begimel Protis, right, this case. And then Vuhuzlu, Vuhamdu Alshtayim, even though the Gazlan or the Ganeth returned to, now what he has is not even worth a pruta. And the Mishnah says, ah, if you don't owe Keren a pruta, you don't have to go after him to Madai. Here, 
Chayv lahachzor loyachenes. Perush says Tosfos that's only im yeshna be'en. If you have it here, machzor oisa. The im lav, and if not, so says Tosfos. Hold on. If you don't have it be'en, then of course you have to go after him to madai fakert because that's the whole point. That if I steal chametz vavarolah pesach. If I don't have the gazela ben, I have to give back to the to the victim the value that it had when I stole it. When I stole it, it was worth a pruta. First days. So if I don't have it, I give him a pruta. If I do have it, I give him back the bundle. Even though the bundle now is not worth a pruta, I got to give it back to him. Now, really, says Toisvus, this is important. The same thing is going to be true. Forget about three that became two. If a gazlan stole one bundle, when he stole the one bundle, it was worth a pruta. So there was an obligation of a heshev esakzela. One, the same thing. And this one now is only worth point six sixty six. That he has to give him back the aguda, or if he lost it, he has to give him back a pruta. So why did the rabbis speak about a case in three and two? Ella says toisvus revusa naka. Toisvus is telling the, the rabbis is telling you a chiddush. This is key to understand the next piece. Which means that even though you gave him back two, after it got cheaper, and you already fulfilled the mitzvah of a so one, because the two, even as they are worth now, each one is worth 0.66, so two together is worth more than one fruta. So you might have thought, that if he steals one and it gets cheaper, you have to give it back to him because you did not yet fulfill the mitzvah of a Heshev But one mistakenly would have thought that if you stole three that are now worth two, and you gave back two of those three, so you fulfilled the mitzvah of a Heshev so maybe you do not need to give back the third. Nevertheless, you still have to give him back the third one. Even though this is important that the raya that the rubber brings from the Mishnah, will be a great raya for stealing one that's now worth less than one, but it won't be a raya for the three that's two. Why? The Mahai, let's read it inside. The Mahai, with Hanatuna, the Maisole, Mashmamina, El Hecha, the Gazal Hachas, Vuzla. The proof that rubber brings only works for the one that became cheaper, because that, only that will be Mamish like Gazal Hametz, Gazal Hametz, Pesach, which means that when you stole it, it was worth, now it's worth nothing. You did not fulfill the midst of Avesha Vesach Got to give it back. But over here, we're speaking about that you already fulfilled the mitzvah of Heshav Esach So how does the Rav know it? Let's just finish inside. So it says to Esach that Hahir Vusa the Gimel, that the Chiddush that the Rav says, that even when it was three, that's two, that you fulfilled the mitzvah, Ka'amar Rav Misvara. Rav says it from a Svara. There's no proof from the Mishnah. Let's finish to Esach. This is important. Umid the Nakat Vuhuzlu. Another, the, the case is that it got cheaper, mashmat, clear. The pshitale, that Rava has it, avada for as a given, that if a person steals three agudas, and when you stole it, it was only worth two. B'shas ha'gazelam. And you gave him back two, means you fulfilled the mitzvah of Eishav ha'gazelam, the loy mechaev two of the three, you don't have to give back the third, and that's a continuation from the last statement of Rav Papa. That shema tiyakar loy the one that you have in, that remained was never worth a pruta. What you took was a pruta. All three together. The three were worth two. And you gave back two. 
If you fulfill the mitzvah, now you don't have to return it. In the Mishnah, you never fulfill the mitzvah of So even though the chametz now has no value, give back what you stole. Either hadeshul chalafanecha, or give back the value, but if what you stole from the outset, that's what the Gavaldic, the three Agudas from the beginning were only worth two, which means you have the obligation to return, and you only return two, but two is worth a pruta, you fulfilled your mitzvah, now you don't have to return it. Now we'll understand the next piece of the Gemara properly. Just to be clear, this Heshavah you have three that are worth three, yes. if you only return two of those three, you're still obligated, you have to give back the one. No, let's word it this way. You fulfilled the obligation on the two, but you still have an obligation on this one. Okay, I mean, you have three that... Are worth two, being that something less than a pruta in itself does not oblige you to go to Madai. So that's the Chiddush of Rava, that if when you stole it, the three were worth three, that's this whole point. That's the whole Chiddush of Rava. Even though now the one that you still didn't return is not worth one, since when you stole it, it was worth one, you're still obligated for this to return it. Gavaldik. As great as this is, it's going to get even greater. Now comes Rava, and he asks the following question. A person steals two agudas. When he stole it, the two bundles together were only worth one pruta. And the he already returned one. By the way, when he returned that one, he didn't fulfill the mitzvah of a heshif. Because one bundle is half a pruta. He has one in his possession. He did not yet fulfill the mitzvah of a Heshav It's going to be key here. So now the question is, Mahu, what will be the din? Me, how many do we say that Hashta like Exela, that right now, what he has in his possession is not even worth a pruta? It's not called a robbery, so there is no obligation to return it. Oi, Dilma, Danihad, Fashtes, the Gavaldekite, or Holy Hadar Gezela, the Havegabe. When he stole the two, that were worth one, there was a chiyu of a heshev That chiyuv he did not yet fulfill. So maybe since he did not yet fulfill the mitzvah of a heshev now he will be obligated to return the one bundle, even to Madai, even though it was never worth a prutam. So Hadar Pashta, so Robert himself, responded, now obviously like always, there are different ways of learning the Gemara, we're going to learn Pshat that Rabbi responded that he is obligated to return it. Let's get the words inside. That Gezela ain't kan. No, it's even though there is no Gezela here because it's not worth a pruta. Nevertheless, Hashava Enkan. He did not yet fulfill the obligation of a Heshiv and therefore he has to return it. So the Gemara says that this is an inherent contradiction. I Gezela ain't If what he has right now is no longer considered an item that's Rab. Hashava Yeshkan. In other words, it should be considered that he returned it. So Rabba says no. Hachikamar. That Afalpi Shigazela Inkan, even though, yes, what you have now is not considered a stolen item. It's not a pruta. Mitzvahs, Hashava, Inkan, you did not yet fulfill the mitzvah of Hashava. And when you robbed, you robbed two Agudas which were worth one pruta, which are still worth together one pruta. In other words, when you robbed, you were obligated to do the mitzvah, you didn't fulfill the mitzvah yet, so you are obligated to return it. 
In other words, when you have an initial requirement that is no longer applicable, that is no longer applicable, Rav is saying, you're still mukhoyev to do it. That's the key. Because there was a requirement, it's not, it's not relevant anymore, because you only have one bundle, because you gave back the first bundle. You had it, you're mukhoyev to do it. Think about this, and let's go on to the next case, which has the same concept. The next din is going to be the din of a Nazir. By Divine Providence, last year this time, we were learning Nazir. By a Nazir, when he finishes the day's average without Stam Nazir, there are obligations on the Nazir to shave his entire body and to bring three Karbanas. Shaving the entire body is key. If a person shaved their entire body, however, they left over two hairs, you can't say that they are shaven. On the other hand, the act of shaving doesn't apply when it's only on one hair. To say that I shaved, it, it needed to be that I shaved two hairs. So says Rava, Hare Yomru, we know that Nazar Shigilach, for Nazar shaved his body, but the Shi'er, Shtei, as we spoke out then, really the Rebbe never said the word Sa'ar, which is the Indian of Tzimtzum, he said it Sha'ar. So anyways, we're going to read it. The Ishir Shtei Sa'arais, he left two hairs unshaven. So first of all, we know Rava says, What shaving means, you, you didn't leave two. Leaving one is okay, leaving two is not okay. So now, okay, You shave the hairs, you left two. You have two, you still have to shave. You did not fulfill your mitzvah yet. You didn't do Beheshev Asakzela. So you have to. Now you shaved one, but the, the, the way we think now, the final one fell off. Mahu. So before the Gemara goes on, the Gemara says, that's, that's not a problem. That's a question. What were to happen if a Nazar shaves his entire body, but he goes one hair at a time? You can't say that since he didn't do it together, then when he came down, there's only three left, there's only two left, and then he cut off one. That is the act of shaving. That's a pshita. That's even though he didn't shave it all together. So if Rafa's case would have been that he shaved everything minus two, and then he shaved from the final two one, that should have been pshita to Rafa, that that's a valid act of shaving. Even though this second to last was not done with the rest, it doesn't matter that they're not done together. So who cares if the final one fell off? So clarifies the Gemara. No. The question of Rav was, a person shaved all of the hair, but they left two. So you can't say that they shaved. Now, from these two, before he had a chance, one of those two fell off. Now that you don't even have two hairs, the question is, will the Nazar now shaving the final hair be considered fulfilling his obligation. Kivan, Kigayin, Shinoshadachas. First, the second to last one fell out. Shinoshadachas, Mehen, and Vigilach Achas. And he shaved the last one. Do we say, Now, you don't even have two left. So he's exempt of shaving. In other words, he did not shave yet. Because when he shaved, everything minus two, that's not called an act of shaving. Now there is no obligation for him to shave. Because one fell out. So therefore he's exempt. He didn't have to shave the last one. It doesn't matter. No, Or, or, 
Him shaving the last hair is not called an act of shaving. I, he shaved everything minus two. That was also not called an act of shaving. So therefore, since he never fulfilled the obligation of shaving, it's mamish like the case of, now you have the one bundle, so he's still obligated to shave. Now, by the way, just to make a quick chazara in Nazir, what would that mean? If he's still obligated to shave, he has to wait 30 days. Remember that? You have to wait 30 days for the new grown hair to be considered something of substance, and then I'll have to shave. Since he was initially required to shave, even though right now, inapplicable, but he has to fulfill the obligation. Gavaldik, think, pause. So now, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It can be a second, or it can be a, or it can be within the thirty days, or it can be within the thirty days. And when he had, the, and he had a mind, I'm going to shave off those two hedelach. And then one of them fell off. And he cut off the last one. It's, more, it's like he gave back one bundle. But that's not called an act of shaving. That's the same thing. The initial requirement is no longer applicable. So Spitus says, think about a like before, how the Pashtam, same words. Seyurein Khan, even though, first of all, there is no here now, acknowledging. You don't have here. You can't say that this person is unshaven. Because right now he only has one here left. So right now, he's, he's a shaven person. He's not a hairy person. However, giluach enkan. He never did the act of giluach. Again, we're learning the way some Rishayim learn. Which means, he is obligated to shave. He was obligated to return the bundle. Even though that right now, there was no requirement. Again, it's, it's like an inherent stira. Iseyar enkan. If you can't call him a hairy person if there is no hair. So let's, let's consider this him being shaven. Giluach yeishkan. So no, says Rav. Hachikamad. Afapisha said enkan. Correct. Can't call the Nazar an unshaven Nazar. He only has one hair left. But on the other hand, mitzvah's giluach was never fulfilled. Not initially and not now. And therefore, he has to wait 30 days and do it. The Omar of a third case. Right there similar. This and then shave again. Yes. By the gzela that he just that he can give back right now. Correct. Now we're going to go to the third case. Yes. And then this first case, the way we learn it, the baya won't be resolved. So it's similar, but not that similar. What's the third case? A few words of introduction. We just had this in the Rambam. We learned pedekechad leyim. We're in elul tavshin ayin vav. So for us, it's a piece of cake. This. First of all, there's something called tumas oil. Number two, meaning that if you have a corpse or a, a substantial part of the corpse or of the blood or of the bones under a roof, anything Adam the Kalim under the roof become Tommy Bitumas Mace. Number one. Number two. What happens if the Tuma is downstairs and there's a two story building and you have what we call a skylight? There is an Aruba. So the din is that if the Aruba is a Peseach Tefach, if it's a square Tefach or larger, so we consider the Tuma of the house going up into the Aliyah. And not only are all the kalim and people under the roof of the first story become tummy, people in the aliyah become tummy as well. Next step, what happens if the aruba is sealed? The aruba is sealed, that's it. The and the stomach only stays downstairs. Number three, there's a din by clay cheres. Clay cheres only becomes tummy by its interior. So therefore, if a person is going to take a clay cheres, and the person is going to insert it in the hole in the skylight, but with the opening facing up, which means that what's facing, what's exposed to the down tuma is the exterior of the clay cheres. Etaka has to be sealed with clay. It has to be properly closed. 
So then the tumor will not go into the aliyah because it's sealed. Number three, if there is a hole in the keli, when it comes to the size of the hole in the keli, we learned this together. There's so many opinions. You know, certain kalim, a hole disqualifies them when it's roiv. Sometimes it's, remember that to say, achrimoin. If it's moitzi um, rimoin, that's the lotion. Or if it's moitzi zayis. Whatever size hole is considered a hole that will allow the tumor to go into the, into the schavius, into this earthen barrel. So the din is like this. The moment the keli is open enough for the tumor to go into it, then the keli itself becomes tummy. The moment the keli becomes tummy, a tummy the keli doesn't provide a chatzitza. Invited everything in the aliyah becomes tummy. So now the question will be, there was a chavis and it had a hole in it. But uh, it's not a chatzitza for the tumor. Now what happens if this hole became sealed by sediments of wine, let's say, that settled in the bottom of the chavis. So he says, Ravam, I'm sorry, let me go back. It's known, if the barrel had a hole, a disqualifying hole. However, after that, it became sealed by what? By sediments. So Rav is telling you a given. This ceiling is called a ceiling. The hole is no longer called a hole. And now being that only the exterior of the Chavis is facing downstairs, it's Matzal Mufnayatum. However, what happens if Agav if only half of the hole is sealed? Same, same thing. In other words, there was a hole. Once there is a hole, the Kaleen is going to, a tumor will go into it. Very good. Right now, it's not a disqualifying hole. But when the hole was a hole, it was a disqualifying hole. It's very similar. The initial problem is not a problem now, but it was never resolved because the hole was never properly sealed up. Mahu, what do we do? So right away says, That's a question to Ravah. Isn't this a Befetish Mishnah? And if it would have been a Befetish Mishnah, why is Ravah asking a boy? Read the Mishnah, Mishnah and Caleb. Chavish and Nikva, if this barrel that's in that Aruba got a hole, it says, So far, so good. Now, Shemarim is that the sediments fully sealed it. But read the Mishnah. What happens if Pekaka Bizmaira? What happens if it was stuffed with a vine? You see, sediments are mamasha, tight seal. A vine, there's little cracks. So says the Mishnah, You have to smear clay to make sure that the edges of the vine are properly kept in this hole. More than that, says the Mishnah, if you had two vines, two vines, not only does the vine have to be fashmirt with clay, with the edges of the keli, but between one vine and the other, you also have to put clay. End of Mishnah. So now, explains it, hold on. The reason why the vine was good is only when you put on clay. Meaning, but if you did not put on clay, then it won't be good. Why? Okay. So there's still some openings between the vine and the keli. Because, you know, vine is, doesn't, not, think about it, it's not like sediments. But who cares? If sealing the whole half is good, it's at least half sealed. The fact that it's not good means that Agav is not good. So Amri, they said right away, how can you compare one case to the other? If you're not going to smear the vines with clay, it's not shot that you have some openings. Whatever you have is nothing because it will fall out. 
That hasam iloy meirach, if you're not going to seal it with clay, loy clay, it's not going to stay there. So the entire hold is considered exposed. Agav chetzia, the mid of the clay clay. The question of Rava is what were to happen if you smeared it with clay, half of it, and whatever you closed is now closed. So therefore, again, the initial requirement is no longer applicable. But on the other hand, you never fully closed it. Now here, there's no mitzvah of closing it. That's the difference. There's a mitzvah of Hashavah Savelo. There's a mitzvah of Giluyach. Here, there's no mitzvah. That's why this question remains unresolved. Get it? Okay. Is there a difference between sediment and clay in, in, in this body? Like, clay is about the good. The Kiddush of the Mishnah is that even, even sediments is good. But, but if you put vines, vine is already not considered b'chlal, a, clo- a closure. Okay, but our question is ultimately if there's a hole that's big enough. And then you, then you close, pa- close all the way. Yeah, you close part of it. That's it. That's the question. And that remains unresolved. Let's move on. Amazing. Now, we're going back to the, to the Ardin. The person takes an oath to withhold monet- something that has monetary value. The person's oath was false. The person himself admits. We learned that a person steals chametz. And Pesach goes over. Even though now the chametz is also Since the chametz is Be'en, the Shinui is not discernible. The Gazlan, the robber, the thief, can tell the victim, the Nigzal Harishal Chalafanecha. Here you go, take it back. Now ask Srava, turn it off, we have to move. Nishba, all of Mahu. What happens if after Pesach. This robber now takes an oath that he doesn't have it. He never robbed it or that he gave it back. He takes an oath that would have exempted him from returning this chametz. Now don't forget, this chametz now has no monetary value. And then he's moida. Is he included in this din, in Vayikra and Nasai, that you were nishba, you were moida, Kenan Chaim Kvaldik. Now maybe it's considered money because as of now, this would have exempted you from the obligation of a Heshav Esakzela. And in his words, Mahu, Mi, Omerinan, Kivan, the Imignav. What would have happened? The Gazlan stole the Chametz before Pesach. It's after Pesach. He's planning to return it. And a third party gave him some of his own cake. Stole it from him. Now he doesn't have the Chametz Be'en to give back. So what does he have to do now? What we learned in the Mishnah, the beginning of Agazel Eitzim, Mishalem Kshas Hagazela. If you don't have it now, you have to give him back not what it's now. Now it's worth nothing. It's Asr Bahana. You have to give him back money. So this is something that potentially has value to you. It's preventing you from having a different liability. The E, it's called. Or, you know, Dabra Gredim Kamamin. That's the words we learned before, but we're having the words the E. The E means potentially. That Kivan, the E Mignav, so therefore we say it's Mamayna, so it's considered money. And now this is included in the Din. You will call for money if you're Maida, Keren, Chaimish, Vaasham. Do you pay a Chaimish? That's a discussion amongst the uh, Rishainim. But you have to bring an Asham. I'm saying maybe you don't have to give a Chaimish because now when you were Kaifer, it's worth nothing. That's a whole interesting discussion. But you're included in this parsha, Oidilma, Hash, the Mihas, Hamanach. Right now, no one stole it from the Ganav. Right now, he has it. And right now, now, Va'afra Ba'almahu, it has no value. It's And therefore, Le'kafr Le'memayna. Rabbi had this question. Amazing. Says the Gemara, I want you to know that Milsa, the Ba'ilay Le'Rava, Rabbi didn't know. 
But his, the generation prior to Rava happens to be Rava's teacher. Rava, Pshitalei Rava. Rava knew that it is considered a Shvua on Kfiras Mamayim and he will be Chayiv to pay to Asham, to give an Asham. Where did, where did Rava say it? Oh, Rava, here's Rava's case. Let's make a Reuven and Shimon conversation. So this statement is made by Reuven. Reuven tells Shimon, you stole my ox. And Shimon says, I didn't steal it. There's an ox there. So Reuven says, you didn't steal it. Why is my ox doing in your house? In your yard? So Shimon replies, one second. It's yours. I'm a Shemar In other words, I was going to give it back to you and he swears. And then he's moided that he lied, that he taka stole it. Now, hold up. Here, it's different than the case of Hametz. Hametz is worth nothing. Here, it's, it's also worth nothing because he was planning to give back the Kedon anyway. His false oath wouldn't have exempted him from the Kedon. However, there is a D.E. What's the D.E.? A Gazlan is chayiv even bo'ines to give back kishas ha'gzelam. A shoyim if something accidentally happens, or even if Geneva Aveda happens to the article, they don't have to give back anything. So he was planning to give back the Keren, but potentially this oath could have saved the money, could have wrongfully withheld money from the owner. The Why is it withholding Because he swore Shemachinam. And if, if the animal would have been lost accidentally, then if he would have stood with this false claim Shemachinam, he wouldn't have to give him back anything. If he's a goslin, which he is, a goslin is chayv even boinsen. You stole it, give it back. You don't have it, give back the value, kshas So Rabbi says chayv. In other words, we look at a potential monetary liability or gain as mamayin. Shaharei pater Or Rabbi gave a similar case, same thing, that Reuben tells Shimon, you stole my ox. Shimon says, me? Or how? Who? She says, my ox is in your house. So Shimon says, no, Shemer sachar, Aniyalov. You made me a Shemer sachar. Again, he's not going to withhold the ox. He's admitting it's not his. And nothing happened. Still chayv. Means if he took an oath and then he's maida, he's chayv to bring an asham. Why? Because through his false claim, Shemer Sacher, Sharei Pateraz, Mishvur Omeis. Shemer Sacher is not only chayv by Oynes, he's chayv by Gnev of Aveda. But a Shemer Sacher is pater by an Oynes. He's chayv by Pshi, I mean. By Oynes, he would have been pater if the animal stam would have died. Likewise, if Shimon says, I'm a shoyal, now a shoyal even has greater obligations, but still there is this one exception, that if if you borrow something, and doing with the article that which you said you'll be doing, you borrowed it to plow your field, while it was plowing it died, the shoyal doesn't have to pay back. Again, Chayv, Shere Patarat says the Gemara, that Afagav the Hokoyim, even though the animal is now here, and he was going to return it anyway, that means his oath, wasn't going to deny as things are now to the owner there, what he has. Kivan, the E, Mignav, if it would have been stolen, if an accident would have happened, if it would have been Mesa Machmas Malacha, then Memoyne Kokafar, if he would have stood with his false oath that he's a Shaymer, he would not have to give back money, even though in truth he stole it. Hashtanami, even though that none of these things happened, the animal wasn't stolen, the animal didn't break, the animal wasn't lost, the Shimon with his lie was anyways going to give him back this article, nevertheless, we consider it a kfiras mamayin. Hachinam in here also by the chametz. Afagav the big. Why would he have to give back the 
Lesson, very good. Shkoyach, the E. That we have, I'll grab the first white line. This is Gavaldic. The Afra Baal Mohu. Even though right now this Hametz has no value, keeping the E Mignav. So we say, Mamayna Ma'alya. And Hasna Mamayna Kokafrelay. Okay, says the Gemara. Yosef, what does the Bach do? Yosef Rabba. And the Kahamalah Shmaitza. Rabba was teaching his din. What we just learned. Not the boy of Rabba. Here's Pshita. That if someone claims I'm a Shemir Sachar and he swears falsely, even though he was not denying the Keren, he's Chayiv in this parsha of Keren Chemish Rosham. So, Eisveh Amram le Rabba, according to this version. So, Rav Amram challenged the Rabba. And he quotes a Braisa, the Braisa speaking about a Pasik in the Parsha's Vayikra, in this Parsha. Of when you're Kay for money and then you're Maida, the Torah uses the words Vikichashba, you denied. And you swore denying it. Bah! Denying it, Faket means that you're making a denial not to have to give him back anything. You were denying the Keren. Says the Braise Prat, that if a person agreed that the Keren rule is not mine, the Braise is going to give many scenarios, including the cases of Rabba. The Braise seemingly, Mamish says that he's Chayev the Asham. It seems to be a great question against Rabba. Just be aware that the first cases of the Braisa will be hard to understand because it appears from the first cases that he's not moide in the Iker. Let's see the case. Kate said, Shoy again, Reuven tells Shimon, you stole my ox. But who? Shimon says, Moy Ganafti. What are you talking about? So Reuven says, Mativu Etzlacha. What do you mean what I'm at? Why is my ox in your backyard? So Shimon responds, either, Atamachartali, you sold it to me. Right here, the obvious question is, if Shimon is saying you sold it to me, then he's trying to keep the Keren. We're going to see that, no, that's not the case. Or, you gave it to me as a gift. Or, your father sold it to me. Your father gave it to me as a gift. Again, the Gemara is going to clarify that all of these tainas were said in a way, we'll speak it out, that he's not trying to keep it. We're not trying to keep it. The Keranat. Further, or he says, I stole it. Your ox was running after my cow. In other words, take it back. came on its own. I found it wandering on the road. I was going to ask, if you find something wandering on the road, you know who the owner is, you don't have a right to take it to your backyard. You have a mitzvah to take it to his backyard. We'll get to all that. Or, mamish the case of Rabbo. And Vinishba. And he takes a fool's oath. But, again, in all of these cases, he was moide be'ikr. Then he's moide that it was a false oath. The Baraisa says, You might think he's chayiv. The when are you chayiv? When you deny it. It's such a great question. And Rabba got so upset with this question. Rabba tells Rabba Amram, and us LA boys, we have the great Rosh. He told him, Tadura. Rashi says, Tadura, you don't have a heart. You look on the side. The Messiah says, Tadura means, you confused person. He was doing it to motivate him to think. He says, why are you comparing one case to the other? Huh? So Amma means? Boring. Boring person. Vastustu. Kitanyai. You know what is the whole Braisa? That's the key. Now it doesn't say it. But you should have chapped. The whole Braisa is, is that when Reuven starts to attack Shimon, what is my axe doing with you? It's not only that he says, I was a Shemr Sachar. It's not only that. He swears. I, I, but he gives him right away the axe. 
Why did Rabbah say that it's called Kfiras Mamain? The E, because potentially something might happen, and if something would have happened, uh, nothing could happen because he's actually giving him back. While he's making his false claim, he's giving it to him. Ah, the moment you gave him back the ox, there was no DEs. You gave it back to him. That's why the Braisa says you're not included in the parsha of having to bring an Asham. Or Chaimushan an Asham. The case of Rabbah, Tapara Ahmed, or in the case of the boy of Rabbah, you're not giving anything back right now. I'm swearing that I never took your Chametz. You're not giving anything back. Or even in the case of the Shemer Chinam, this conversation went on when the ox was not present to be returned right now. And from when you took the oath, it's possible that an oinus will happen to the ox. And if that were to happen, then because of your Taina Shemer Chinam, you won't give him back anything. It could lead to you not giving back anything. But if the truth is that you stole it, then even if an oinus happens, you'll be chayv to return the money. So that's where you have the de'i. Ki mina the kaim ba'agam. Now the Gemara, good. Now the Gemara has to clarify the Braisa gave its first cases where it appears that he was kaifer be'ikir. Check the Gemara atamachartuli. If Shimon says you sold it to me, ma moide be'ikir. What's the moide be'ikir? He's saying it's mine. So the Gemara says loy. That's richa. The case is the Amar lei v'loy nasata l'chadmei shkoyel toyrech v'zil. Reuven tells Shimon. Why is my ox by you? You thief. Shimon says, my, your ox is not with me. He says, yeah, it is. It's in your house. So Shimon says, I bought it. Now, we're speaking about a person. Let's, not remember, let's remind ourselves that in Kedushan we learned, Behema, you make a Kenyan with Mashiach. Which means that even before you pay the money, it's yours. So Shimon says, I made a Mashiach. Reuven is saying, you're a thief. I never agreed to it. Now, normally when you make a Mashiach, you're Kaina. Let's say that Takahi made a Mashiach and he was Kaina. What would you do if you made Mashiach on my cup God forbid, I'm telling you, thief, you owe me the money. You know what you can do to me? I owe you the money, take it back. Uh, don't call me a thief. We made a deal. So Shimon is, is saying, you sold it to me, but he's not being koifer baker, he's being moide baker because you're calling me a thief? We, we made an agreement, I'll pay you next week. I'm a thief, take it back. That's the case here. Take your axe back. Or, in the next case, in the Braise was, you gave it to me, or your father gave it to me. Again, my moide beiker iker. Oh, the answer is the Gemara, the Amar You gave it to me as a gift. Shimon says, but you made it on a condition. You told me almanas the avid nolach naich the nafsha. You told me I should do a psalm a favor for you. And now that you're accusing me as a thief, I don't want your gift. I'm not going to do you a favor. Take it back. Vloyavdali. It's here. That's the whole case. The, the ox is here, and the gifter is telling the recipient, "You're a thief." The moment that happens, the whole thing went south. So the recipient says, no, you gave it to me as a gift. Now, I know that I agreed to do something for you, but if you forgot all that, whatever you asked me to do for you is not worth the ox. Are you calling me a thief? Take it back. No, I don't want your gift. I'm not going to do anything to you. Or, the next case was, I found it wandering on the street. So ask the Gemara, that's not a taina. If my, yeah, if my thing is in your backyard, you're telling me you found it? That's a teretz? Reuben should have told Shimon, when you found it, you should have given it back to me. So, Amar Avodah Shmuel, that Bo'aymer, Shvua Aveda Matsasi, V'lo Yisi Yadeya, Shiyeh Shalach, Shachzirah Nolach. That person swore, yeah, I never knew it's yours. Shimon says, I found an Aveda, I didn't know who the owner is. I was, I was planning to announce it. Now that you're coming to attack me, okay, it's yours, take it. That's about, it's all Halach. When there's no Halach, Rabba holds of the D'i. Now, a similar concept. A similar concept, meaning something that potentially... Um, can prevent you from a money liability, something that potentially 
can affect a monetary status, it's considered money right now. We're going to move from one din of Shvua to the next. Great. Now we're going to move on to a din called Shvua Sa'edus. Meaning, if I, if I have a psa din trader with another person, and I think that an individual can be a witness whose testimony will be beneficial to me, and I adjure them, come say edus. And that person says, I know nothing. And they swear, they make a shvua that they do not have any testimony. If later we discover that they knew information that would have gotten me the money, shvua say edus, the chayv to bring a carbon. It's one of the unique cases where that carbon is called a carbon oil of a yoyed, meaning according to the wealth, to the financial wealth, of the sinner, accordingly, whether it is an animal or whether it is a carbon from something that's less expensive. So, they hide the damage that they caused me? No, no, no. The hive to bring a carbon oil Now, Ben Azai is going to speak out a case where the aide swore, I know nothing. The truth is that he knew something, but what he knew wasn't for sure going to help me. What he knew might have helped me, potentially would have helped me. Is that included in Shua Seidus? You see, they can't, that's the link. So, Tanya, we learned, oh, Benazai, you're going to a Tana. Benazai says, Gimel Shua saying, there are three cases of the Shua. They're all connected to a lost article in which I asked a witness, or according to Rashi, witnesses, swear. And they say, we know nothing. However, again, as we'll speak out, what they knew was only part information that might have led me to recover my lost article. Now, Benazi didn't say what the din is. He says there are three such shwas. What are the three cases? That they lied that they know nothing, but the M is, he could bubble They had seen the lost article. So they were walking down the block. They saw my cow, but they forgot in which yard it was. So even if they would have said the truth, and we found, we, we know something about your lost article. We saw it last week in that area, but we don't remember in whose yard. Now again, how is that potentially going to help me? Because once I narrowed down the area, I would go from door to door. I, ma- I might have found the, the home that Taka has it in the backyard. And my confrontation might have led for me to get it back. Maybe. Or, these witnesses that lied falsely, they know nothing, they knew something. They know that Reuven found something. They don't know if Reuven found my lost article. But again, they know that someone found something, they know who that someone was. Had they told me the truth, I would have gone to the oven. And it might have led me to recover it. Or, the third case is, is when they did not know, they did not know anything about the lost article. They knew, no, they knew nothing about someone who found the lost article. So ask the Gemara, if they knew nothing, then then they swore truth. So we have to amend the Braisa, that they knew where my lost, they, they knew that this is my lost article. They knew who found it. I'll be a big Kiddush. So Luchura, that would have helped me. We'll see in a moment that that would not for sure help me. I'll speak it out right now. Because even if they would have testified that Reuven found your cow, when I would have gone to Reuven, had Reuven claimed, I lost it Ba'inus. I lost it Ba'inus. So we, remember we learned before, Shem Aveda, Shem Echinam, Shem but Ba'oynes, Hashem and Aved is going to be Pater. He might be Hashem and Sachar because of the mitzvah, that was a funny thing. Rabbi Yosef. But Ba'oynes will be Pater. So even with that information, I might not have gotten it. So all of these cases of maybe it would have helped, maybe not. These are the three cases. Now, what about Lamai Hilchasa? Ben Azai didn't fear Ois. 
So we have a machloek asamaraim. Amazing. Rabbi in the name of Chanino says Ben Azay meant in all these cases on Potter. Or we don't say the E. They swore on something that right now wouldn't have for sure gotten me money. So they did not swear falsely regarding money. Shmuel says no lechiyuv. Since potentially all of this would have allowed me to recuperate my lost article, and now we're going to wapluta. Now the Gemara says now we're going to go back to the Pshim and the Chachamim wapluta dahani tanoi. Now this is really linked to the machlekes to the following machlekes tanoim hamashbia eidechad stam. The din is that when one witness, let's say me and you are having a question, you owe me money. You say lahadam. If I have one aid that substantiates my claim, I cannot extract money based on one witness, but one witness midoiraisa places an oath on you. You have to swear that Yitaka owed me nothing. Now it's common, or not common, it happens that when someone is being told by a basin to take a shvur doiraisa, even when they're saying the truth, for sure when they're lying, they say, you know what? I don't want the shvur. How much money? $100? Take $100. So here also, if there was one aide, now he says he knows nothing. Really he knew. He knows that I lent you money. But even if he would have testified, same concept. Who says you would pay? All you need to do is take a note that you don't owe me. But you might have responded by saying, you know what, I don't want to swear, pay. Now the aide who said and swore that they know nothing is being moida, I knew. Do they now have to bring the carbon oil of the year? Tanakama says Tanakam says Potter. Rabbi Lozer says, says, Mechaev, but Michael Mifligi explains the Gemara, Marsover, Rabbi Lozer, but Rabbi holds, Dovar HaGoyim Lomam Kimam and Dami. Since if they would have said the truth, and Bezdin would have imposed an oath on the defendant, he might have said, I'll pay you. So his denial is something that could lead to money. It's considered a oath of, den- of denying knowledge regarding money. Omar Sov, Tanakama holds, Lav Kimam and Dami. So therefore, Shmuel, Pushtaist holds like Rab uh, like Rab Lozav Rab Shimon and Rab Chanino holds like the Tanakama. Oh, let's move on to the new sugya, another sugya. Oh, this sugya will be huge. And just a heads up, Kuvav is mamash gavalik. It's going to be a chiddush that everyone will get uncomfortable with. But let's begin with Rab Sheishes. Amar Rab Sheishes says Rab Sheishes. Halt up. Hakoyfer bepikaden. A person was a shaymer. The person is told, I, I have something that was deposited in my domain. And when you're coming to collect it, I deny. Whether I denied you never gave it to me, or whether my denial means I gave it back to you. Doesn't make a difference. That's a kfiras moment. Clear. Before I took an oath, I didn't take an oath yet. If I would have taken an oath, that's the dinam that we're learning, then I would have been moida. What would be the din? Keren, chaymesh, v'asham. If I take an oath, chavra, and then Adam come and they say that I lied, what would be the din then? That depends. Remember, if, if I was a Tanas Ganov, I gotta pay Kefal. I didn't admit. I just denied. And Adam come and say, what are you denying? It's in your house. What am I? What are the options? Am I still a Shoimer? Or am I, the moment I denied, I become a Gazlan? Even without a Shvua. Lamaynafkimina. If I'm a shomer, I'll be potter. If I become a gazlan, a gazlan, either give back the item or give back shasak That's the question. So Rabsheshus says it's not a question. That hakoyfer bepikadon. If a person denies them having someone else's pikadon, they did even if they did not yet take a shvur. That that denial makes them into a gazlan, 
and v'chayiv bo'enosim. Now, obviously, if there won't be Edim, if there won't be Maida, you'll never get it from him. But let's say Edim come, you're no longer a Shemir, you're, you're a Gazlan. A Shemir is never Chayiv bo'ansin. Shemir is Chayiv, even, even a Shemir Sachar is Pater bo'ansin. Shemir Chinem is not Pater Begnev of Aveda. All right, let's go further. Even a shoyel, even because we call the Dalit Shemnim, including the Shoyel, even a shoyel would have been potted by Mesa Machmas Bulacha. A Gazlan has no excuses. Even Machmas, you stole it, give it back. You can't give it back. Shasakzel. And now says Rab Sheshes Vatanatuna. I have a proof to me. It says again another brayse of a kichesh ba. In the parsha that we're learning about, he denied it. Lamadnu says the brayse Oynish that the moment you denied it, you already get penalized. Now, you don't get penalized by paying a chaymish. Chaymish and Hashem is only when you swore. But the denial in itself affects a consequence, which will be that you become a gazlan. That's the consequence. You're chayv bainos. Azadiminayim, says the Braiso. Where did the Seda forewarn us not to deny? Now, by the way, even though by unchin, there's a rule, ein unchin ele im kein mazidin, which means the Seda has to once write, don't do it. There's a Tosfos that asks, by Dina de Mamayna, we normally do not have that rule. So it's not that we need a Hazara, but the fact is that there's another Pasuk in the Torah that is warning a Shoemer not to make that denial. Talmud Leimer, a Pasuk in Parshas Kedoshim, there it says, Loisi Gnoivu, Veloisi Chachashu, don't deny, Veloisi Shakru, and don't lie, Ishba Misoy. End of Braiso. Says the Gemara, my love, when the Braiso says, Vikichashba, you're an Oynish, does it not mean which is the din of Rav That means there is a consequence that you'll be chayiv by an osin. Says the Gemara, not necessarily. Loi. That means that I have to take an oath that I don't have it. And if I take an oath, in the case of an oath, the parsha is, not that I have to take an oath. If I deny and I take an oath, that's when I'm a chayiv the oynish of keren chaymish v'asham. But Lav Davke, the Bereis is speaking about a case that no oath was taken. Says the Gemara, no, no, no. Ha, Midik Tani Sefer, the Bereis continues. And we're going to add the Mendebach De Ishtaba, the Sefer of the Bereis is in a case where oath was taken. Does that not imply that Teresha is speaking about a case where no oath was taken? As it says, quoting the Sefer, the Tani Sefer, Vin Nishba al Shaker, when the Torah says, Vin Nishba al Shaker, and by Yikra, Lamadnu Aynish. That when you swear, and then you're maida, kadem chaymish v'asham. Azar minayin, where is there an, a warning for that? And here you have to have a warning, because we're not speaking about monetary. Asham is a, is a punishment. Tamud leimer, v'loi se shakro, again the pasuk in Kedoshim. So umid the sefer di ishtaba, does that not imply that esha d'loi ishtaba? And if the person didn't swear, there is no oinish other than oinish mamen. So that's a proof that Rapshesh says the Gemara, it's not a proof. Omni, I'll tell you, Idi Idi, the Rish and the Sefer is the Ishtaba. Khan, the difference is, Khan Shahoida, Khan Shabo Edim, which means, Asu Edim, when Edim come and they tell you that you stole, then you're Chayiv Bo'inasen. Again, when you swore, a person swears, falsely, what happens if they were not moidav, Edim come? So what's the din? There's no chaymish and asham. Chaymish and asham is only when you're moidav. Ironically, when you do a lesser sin, sometimes you have to do more because it's possible for you to get an atonement. If the person was not moidav, then their sin is worse, worse and en kapara lo this doesn't help you. 
So maybe all cases is when you swore. When Adam came before you were made, uh, that is when you became, so to say, a goslin, and therefore you're punished by being chayv by nosen. The sefer is that you were made when you're made you're chayv b'kenachem You don't have a proof from the b'raisa, but you can't refute the abshaishes. So, okay, it's pushed slate. It's a pity. We're gonna have to really start early Sunday morning in Mirza Hashem. But let's okay. We're leaving off still on that kuf heimet beis. Rapsheshes stands his ground. Doesn't have a proof. We're gonna try to refute him. We won't refute him. That the moment he denies that he is in the possession of a pikadin, he is considered automatically a gazlin and chayv to be continued.